0: Hello and welcome to the Life Church audio podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, Life Church, so glad that you are back with us again. We're continuing on with our series called Wake Up the House. And for the next few weeks, we're going to focus on waking up the house to biblical blessing. Now, for four weeks, We're going to look at what it means to have biblical blessing in our lives. And and the series is is based on a book by Pastor Robert Morris called Beyond Blessed. I want to encourage you to get the book. It's a fantastic book to have and not just to have, to read and to apply to your life. Now, a good question to start with is, when you look at the title of the book is, how can you be beyond blessed? What does that even mean? Allow me to explain. What I mean by beyond blessed is that God so blesses us that we can be a blessing. It's it's that we can bless others. You are beyond blessed when you become a blessing to others. I am beyond blessed. And in other words, you are living under God's provision. Yes, yes. And you are living under God's protection and his plan for your home and your family. Yes. And you are living within his principles that we've spoken about for, for so many years in this body. And because you are living there, your life has become one that is now being used to influence and bless others. It doesn't stop with you. Now at Life Church, we teach that we get to give our lives. We get to serve others. We get to give our love to others. We get to show forgiveness and we get to give financially. We don't serve so that we can manipulate others into serving us. We don't forgive because I wanna guilt others into forgiving me and I don't give financially so that I can get and there is a lot of give to get teaching going on in the world right now, and it is wrong. The order is incorrect. So over the next few weeks, what we will do is we will look at what it means to be beyond blessed, what it means to have a beyond blessed family, to have a beyond blessed marriage and children, and we will look at what it means to be beyond blessed in our finances. And that's what we're gonna start with today. Because I'm convinced that too many people are confused about God and finances and God's blessing in it. I get a lot of questions where people would say to me, "Uh, Pastor, um, please tell me, I'm giving cheerfully, but I'm still in debt. Why is that? Now, let's start with the scripture in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, to answer that question. The point is this, it says, Whosoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whosoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. But God loves a cheerful giver. This scripture is about giving. It's it's a fantastic scripture to make sure that we are cheerful givers. But what this this, this verse is talking about is only one part of having a life that is beyond blessed. It's almost like saying, I am going to take a bath. I don't run the water. I get undressed and I get into the bath, but there's no water. It's almost like saying, I am going to get married. There is a pastor, there is a ceremony, but there is no bride. It's almost like saying, I'm trying to flip channels with a remote, but the remote has no batteries. One more example, it's almost like saying I am wearing reading glasses, but I'm only wearing the frame. There's no lenses. See, giving is important. Generosity is very important. And there there is a huge blessing in being generous, but there is also a huge second component attached to it. And that's what we are going to talk about in having a life that is beyond blessed. And it is stewardship. Stewardship has to do with every area of your life. Let me explain to you about living a life beyond blessed and how important it is to have these two things connected. See, a life that is beyond blessed, where I am a blessing to others now. I'm not just looking for them to do stuff for me. I'm actually making an influence in other people's lives. It requires two legs. If you're going to go somewhere, you've got to be able to move forward. And by moving forward, it means you have to use both of your legs to get there. And the two legs to have a life that is beyond blessed is generosity number one. Having a generous heart, a cheerful giver, and stewardship number two. If you are generous, but you are not a good steward, it won't work. The windows of heaven cannot be opened by you. And here's the reason why. Because you won't manage it right. I firmly believe that God built and created this world on principles that He set in place in the beginning of time for His children to succeed, not to fail. And one of the principles He put in place in order for heaven's resources to be open to you and to me, hear me, God is not sitting with His hand on the handle of the door, you are. Your hand is on the knob. God wants to bless you. God wants you to be blessed. God is cheering you on to apply the principles, to have a life that is beyond blessed. Heaven wants to release to you the resources, but cannot because you don't understand or apply stewardship. You're not managing what is already given you. And he won't release it because you won't manage it. And many times people fall under it and die because of it. It's like any dad, any good dad. You look at how your your kids are handling their responsibilities and their freedoms so that you can determine based on how they apply good principles. That yes, I see how they are living their lives. The choices they are making and I can see that they are ready for more. If they don't manage their resources or their freedoms well, and and so um, the things that they are given, the freedoms that they are given, the privileges that they are given, the resources they are given, if I can see that it's being wasted, what you do is, as a parent, you set your your children up to succeed and you have strategies. You want them to succeed and get to the next phase, and to the next season in their lives. But stewardship determines a lot of that. On the other hand, if you're a good steward, but you're not generous, and by the way, not generous, a lot of people call it, if you are tight, go ahead. If you're sitting next to somebody that you know that's tight, just give it a little nudge. God's blessing won't come down on you either. And you have to get this, the purpose of these principles is to get the resources, And you have to get this, please just, just listen to this. The purpose of the principles of living a life that's beyond blessed is to get the resources to the people who need it. See, think about the need, just think all the people who need food think about them who need water and the gospel preach church buildings built missionaries sent out all the need think about the emotional needs uh, and support that's needed the the marriage counseling and guidance and mentoring needs think about the parenting needs all over here think about them they are all over here let's put them all over here on the side heaven let's put heaven on this side, has all the supply for all the needs. The Bible teaches that God owns everything in the world, inside and out. So God owns it all. He also owns all the answers, all the wisdom, all the direction and the vision that's needed to help all the need. So here are all the resources and over here are all the need. God has it. Here is all the resources. Here is all the need. The question that I have for you is right now, as I'm standing here, what's in between? I am. We are. You are. God channels and directs and funnels His resources through His children to those in need. He's going to find someone who will be a river, not a reservoir. Because he's trying to help those people who have the need. But let's say if greed kicks in and generosity leaves the room and the heart. And if these resources doesn't get over here, you just shut the window of heaven for you are now no longer living a life beyond blessed, but you are simply trying to live a life of blessing me. The good news is God knows someone else, someone else who will remain generous. And he's going to find someone who will be a river, not a reservoir. Because he's trying to help those people who are in need. I, I, I just hope that you get the understanding of a life that is beyond blessed means a life that doesn't just focus on your blessing, but that looks at the needs and the passions and the hurts and the desires of others. And, and it's a life that tries to figure out how can I make a difference in their lives. We've experienced this so much at Life Church. Uh, we had a fire a few years ago in the church. And out of nowhere, without telling people um, that financially it was a burden on our church, another church in the neighborhood just came and said, hey, we heard you had a fire. We took up a special offering for you. And they gave us a check that covered all our expenses without us letting them know. Our God is good. During COVID last year, um, as you can imagine, many churches financially um, had some strain and struggle. Again, a church out of Ottawa, now we are in Vancouver, (coughs) a church in Ottawa sent us a check in the mail and said, hey, we just want to support your ministry and let you know that God said he's got you covered and again covered our expenses. We've had so many river moments in our church where God has just provided for our needs that I know, that I know, that I know that our God wants us to live the same way, where we become a people that have a desire to live a life that is beyond just blessing me, but that has a focus on blessing others. He blesses. The principle of blessing is set up for us for this reason so that we can be generous. Now, a lot of people have caught generosity, but then they did not catch stewardship or the management of resources. And I think that is one of the biggest problems we have. If you don't understand stewardship, because then the blessing, it won't last. Because when they got blessed more, they didn't steward it well. But we have to have both legs. Uh, you have to be a good steward and you have to be ge- generous. You have to. And here's the reason why. Because it takes both legs to live a life that is beyond blessed. Now, now it goes all the way back, if we look in the Bible, all the way back to the patriarch of our faith, Abraham. We read in Genesis 12, verse 2, it says the following, I'll make you a great nation. This is God talking to Abraham. I will bless you. Notice the idea of blessing a person was God's idea. God said, I will. I want to bless you, Abraham, and make your name great. And here's the reason why. So that you shall be a blessing. I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. And I will make you a great nation, Abraham, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. God wants his kids to have a life that is beyond blessed so that we can be a blessing to others. We are so blessed. I am so blessed that I get to give it away. We get to help people. We get to minister to people. You have to be generous and you have to be a good steward. But when you are, you get to be at a place where you are actually influencing and changing people's lives who have needs. Now, Saki, my father-in-law, um, those of you who don't know him um, in our church, everybody knows Saki. Um, but I have to tell you, man, he is such an example to me of what a good steward is. He is so responsible with his resources. Some people would say that he is tight. They would say he's so tight that he squeaks while he's walking. But they are wrong. Let me explain to you why. For some of you, you might think that this is ridiculous. For some of you, it won't make any sense. But for me, when I look at it, and when I look at how he works with these resources, I admire it. Now, over the years here in Canada, we've had the opportunity together over the last 15 years to to buy homes, then we live in it, and then we renovate it, and then we sell it. And during this time, Saki has always been available um, to help us with the construction and with the renovation. Uh, renovations now most of the time with renovations here what we've experienced is when you take out uh, walls interior walls um, and you make big changes what most of the contractors would do is they would take the walls out they would throw it in a big bin outside and they would just get rid of everything not Saki. Saki would take the two by four eight foot long studs He would pull all the nails, the ones that are shorter. He would cut into specific pieces. He would save the nails. He would save everything he possibly can in the renovation with the purpose of not wasting it. He would buy glue. And it's not glue for crafts. But he would actually buy glue to fix things. Think about that. I mean, how strange is that? And what he would do is he would research He would research things that are broken to figure out how he can make them work again. On average, what we do, if something doesn't work the first time we push the button, we take it and we put it out on the street for the garbage people to pick up. I absolutely love the fact that he is such a good student. I love the fact that he looks after his resources. To the extent where other people look and think, well, that's strange. It's not. It is fantastic. And I'm learning from him. And I'm hoping that I will still grow in that even more. But I also know connected to his stewardship is his generosity. I know how he blesses people. He has built homes for people in South Africa. He has helped out businessmen in the past who have fallen into hard times. He's been generous with his time. I know that he desires for men and women to succeed in their their finances. He's helped them out. I know how generous he's been to his children and his grandchildren. I've seen him bless people with cars. I've seen him bless people by getting them out of debt with no condemnation. With no guilt or attachments to it, simply because he is living a life that is beyond blessed. He gets to live a life that is beyond blessed because he manages well what God gives him. And he's very, very generous. And he never tells anybody what he's doing. He just does, it. He, he just goes out and he and he and he does it. I admire him, I honor him for his amazing example that he's been to me, but also I honor him for proving to me that God's word is true. He has shown me how doing things God's way impacts your own life, yes, but it goes beyond you. It impacts others. Now a question you might ask yourself, quietly in your mind, probably thinking, some of you, why talk about money in church? Pastor, I don't think you ought to talk or preach messages on money. Well, let me ask you this question. Have you ever read the Bible? Have you ever read the Bible? Because it talks a lot about money. There are over 800 scriptures in the Bible that speaks towards finances. God, the one whom we serve, commanded offerings. God, the one whom we serve, set up tithing. That was not thought up by a preacher or a church, even though you might think it was. God is the one who put tithing in his Word. The same scripture that tells you how you are saved by confessing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the same scripture that instructs us to forgive, to be kind, to serve, to love, That same scripture that you believe regarding all those things, I want to ask you, why don't you believe it in regards to finances also? Jesus talks about it so much. It's probably, uh, you probably would have been upset if you were around him because 16 out of his 38 parables talk about money and possessions. Was Jesus trying to get the people's money of the day? Definitely not. He got money out of a fish's mouth. He got The the fishermen, Peter and them, to have such a big catch that it will provide for their families for a year. He doesn't need yours. Am I trying to get your money? Definitely not. God has proven to us over and over again that he is the one that provides for this body. But Jesus, he is teaching us principles with the tithe. Don't miss that. He's asking you, who is the owner and who is the steward? God's the owner, you are supposed to be the steward. So God has it all and he directs it through those who are willing to be good stewards and who will be generous because he's trying, why? He's trying to get to a need. Now, I have to apologize. I have to apologize for apologizing about preaching about giving in the past. I was wrong for apologizing about that. I apologize if I ever preached a message where you heard me apologizing for preaching about giving and finances. The reason why I'm apologizing for apologizing is because I know it is for your blessing. It is for you to have a life that's beyond blessed. Why I need to preach in regard to finances. I actually want to apologize for not being more direct about it. I believe with all my heart, it's for your benefit, this message. Now, now I, I, I wanna bring some correction to some of you that's listening to this word, that's part of the church. Stop saying, I'll give my time. I'll give my talents. Those are great. Please don't get me wrong. Thank you for, for giving your time and your talents. But, but listen, if you think you are giving it to the church as a supplement or in exchange for your finances, say, oh boy, are you fooling yourself. And you are missing out on the reward of having a life that's beyond blessed. We welcome your gifts in the church and we are thankful that we can share in your amazing talents and that you are sharing it with the body, but you are not doing us a favor. You are serving God. But what you are doing is you are being a good steward with the talents and the gifts that God has given you. Good on you. Keep doing that. But when God says, bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, who are we to think we can exchange it and bargain with it? It's like going to the mall and saying, you know, I'm a very talented tap dancer. I will do a tap dance now in exchange for that shirt. They will say, this is not an exchange store. Why do we think we can bargain with God that way? I wanna say this again. I wouldn't apologize when I preach on prayer. And you don't want me to, why? Because it's helping us. It's helping us in our relationship to know that through prayer I'm connecting with God and I'm giving heaven access to my life. I will not apologize for preaching that you should forgive people, that you should love people, or that you should get free from addictions and anger and jealousy. I would not apologize for that. Why? Because I know it's good for you. Was Jesus trying to get their money? No, he was trying to help them. He wanted to get their hearts. In Matthew 6, 21, it says the following. This is Jesus speaking. For where your heart, no. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, you see, we swap it around. We get it backwards. We say where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, it's not there now, but it can move there once you move your treasure there. Now, I have said, hey, To our church, I know if I can just get people to buy into the church with their hearts, then they'll give towards the vision. No, actually, that's not how it works. If you can get them to give to the body, then their hearts will become part of the body. That's how Jesus puts it. Now, yes, your time is valuable. Yes, your gifting, they are valuable. Your service is valuable. But you can't replace your finances with any of those because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, when we give people an opportunity to give, I'm giving them an opportunity to be blessed so that they can live a life that is beyond blessed. God blesses us, and he blesses us for two two reasons. And and I I don't wanna leave this out. The first reason is he blesses us because he loves us. You bless your kids because you love your kids. God blesses us because he loves us, yes, but he also blesses us to be a blessing, and I don't want us to miss that. The prayer of Jabez in 1 Chronicles 4 verse 9 says the following. Now, Jabez was an honorable, honorable man. I want to say that again. Jabez was a honorable man, more honorable. And his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. The word Jabez in Hebrews means pain, hurts and sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me. So an honorable man is calling on God for blessing. Notice he's asking God to bless him. And enlarge my territory or increase my income, increase my hand, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil. And now watch, that I may not cause pain. And God granted what He asked, that I could be a blessing to someone, that I wouldn't cause pain, but that I would cause blessing. So God granted His request. I just want you to notice again, it was an honorable man that prayed for God to bless him, and God granted him His prayer. Why? so that he could be a blessing. God, increase my territory. It's not wrong to pray that. It's not wrong to be blessed. It's not wrong to to steward God's finances in such a way that when you see a need, God leads you and you can meet that need, that's not wrong. It's not wrong to think that God, I wanna be generous and to have the resources available because I'm a good steward with what you've given me in my hands. Think about living a life like that every day. Every day, if the Holy Spirit prompts you to meet a need that somebody has, we have the funds and we have the resources to do it. God wants us to live a life that is beyond blessed, but you have to walk on both legs. Generosity and stewardship. Now, I want to challenge you. I hope You make the decision, if you have not done so before, to make these principles part of your life. And if you decide that today, apply God's principles financially to your life and you will be able to live a life that is beyond blessed. Let's pray together. Father God, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you that your desire for your children It's not just simply to be blessed but it's for us to be your children that look after the needs of others for us to have lives that are beyond blessed it's not just about us it's about what difference we can make in other people's lives I pray that that will settle in our hearts and it will become our desire Father, and if we have to repent from wrong thinking and wrongdoing, Father, I pray that whoever's listening to this message that have to repent, I pray that they will do it now. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. I love you. It was so good to share this message with you. Hope to see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family, and let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com and remember that we can make a difference by loving people.